0: FBI Director Christopher Wray had this warning to Congress. Listen.
1: But as I said a few moments ago, on top of the homegrown violent extremists and domestic violent extremists threat, we also cannot and do not discount the possibility that Hamas or another foreign terrorist organization may exploit the current conflict to conduct attacks here on our own soil. We have kept our sights on Hamas and have multiple ongoing investigations into individuals affiliated with that foreign terrorist organization we
0: know that we're seeing a record number of individuals in the terror watch list being caught at the southern border but what about the ones who got away how safe are we really who have we let into the country and most importantly why would joe biden allow for this we're going to talk to tom homan who knows a thing or two about this he was the former acting ICE director under Donald Trump. He also served in the Obama administration as well. So he's worked for both Republicans and Democrats. He worked his way up uh, to become the former acting ICE director, the first one to have done so to be in that position to work up through the ranks. So we're going to get his take on all of this. Is this solvable? Stay tuned for Tom Holman. Well, Tom, it's great to have you on the show. Obviously, the border is a mess, so I'm looking forward to hearing your insight on all of this. I appreciate you taking the time. When you were working under Trump as the acting ICE director, I mean, things were
3: under control.
0: I mean, is it just baffling to see what's going on right now?
3: I wake up every day pissed off because under Trump administration, regardless what people want to think or say about the president Trump, is that he was a game changer on the board of security, right? When when he was president, illegal immigration was at a 45-year low. Illegal immigration was down 83% to 90%, depending on what time frame you looked at. And the most secure board in my career, 35 years, most career, you know, if you look at the data of CBP, as long as they were capturing data, the most secure board in history of the nation. And... This administration went from the most secure border in my lifetime to historic illegal immigration. So, yeah, I wake up every day pissed off because we worked so hard to create the a, a most secure border ever. And this administration came in and intentionally, by design, unsecured the border. And now we got historic illegal immigration. So, yeah, it's just, I knew this administration moved to the left. I didn't think they'd lose their mind. Matter of fact, I just, I brought up an op-ed the other day. I brought an op-ed in June of 2020, before the election. I said, if Joe Biden became president, we would lose the border. Just based on what he said. He wanted amnesty, he wanted a he wanted to end ICE detention, he wanted to put a moratorium on deportations, he voted for free health care for all illegal aliens. I mean, when you make those types of promises, everybody in the world won't come to the greatest nation on earth if they can.
0: I mean, this has to be intentional, right? I, I mean, there's no way you can just get all of these things wrong. It, it has to be in, with intention that you know they want what is happening at the southern border to be happening
3: well, I said many times I, I've said this is this does not mismanagement this is not you know this is this is this is not incompetence this is by design mm-hmm. look you got to give Joe biden one credit he kept his promise you know he ran on open borders he ran on uh, you know, uh, all the things I just said give him free health care to the railings. You know, ending deportations, uh, shutting down ICE detention so we can't detain people anymore. So, when you've openly talked about catch and release, and then you got the secretary following up with statements like being in the country illegally on his own is not enough for ICE to seek you out and arrest you. You got to, to be convicted of a serious, aggravated felony before you even become a target of ICE. So, between those two, what they said, you're at your country legally, you'll get released. um... You don't know, have to worry about ICE looking for you. Even if you lose your order, uh, uh, your uh, asylum claim, which status shows 9 out of 10 people claim asylum at our border and never get relief from the U.S. courts because simply don't qualify. But when the Secretary says, well, if it's just your illegally, ICE can't remove you, between the President and the Secretary, it's an open invitation. You can cross the border, get, the, get, get transported to the city of your choice at tax expense, get work authorization for the next five or seven years while right? you Nine out of loser case get order removal, but I you know, said ICE can't go find them and remove them. I mean, who the hell would not come to the United States for those types of promises?
0: And who have we let in here? I mean, you've got the FBI director warning about, you know, potentially Hamas having taken advantage of the open border, uh, you know, God knows who else, right? It's It really wouldn't be that hard for, you know, a terrorist cell to try to infiltrate the United States right now. So, I mean, how concerned are you about that? You know, who do you think we've let in here?
3: For two years, I've been saying my biggest concern about this open border is the national security application. Look, the fat and all killed 112,000 Americans, that's terrible. The, the increase of sex trafficking and women and children across the open border, all-time high, it's terrible. The number of migrants who died trying to get this country over 1,700, that's terrible. But the biggest thing, the thing that concerns me the most is the, it's the national security threat. Because here's what you need to know, the crisis is the crisis they created is so big. It's, it's a self-inflicted wound. When you overwhelm the border Patrol, these kind of numbers, like the last year, 3.2. 3.2 million accounts, which is a historic record by far. So the Patrol is overwhelmed. And I'm talking, I'm talking total encounters, which includes CDP, airports, and everything else. The Patrol is so overwhelmed. I know for a fact. I've been bothered numerous times. Seventy. To ninety percent of agents, border agents are no longer on patrol. They're processing big groups, are changing diapers, making baby formula, making airport runs, or making hospital runs, and they just—it's—it's it's a processing machine. So when you take seven, 70 to ninety percent of agents off the line, that—that's a vulnerability. That's what that not comes across. That's when trafficking and women children come across, and that's when no suspected terrorist across. It is what people need to know that the Border Patrol has arrested people from 171 different countries. Some of these countries are sponsored with terror. They've arrested 284 people off the terrorist watch. List. That's who they arrested. We got 1.7 million known gotaways. And these are known gotaways because they're caught on video, central traffic, drone traffic, 1.7 million gotaways. So Border Patrol has arrested people again from 171 different countries when these countries sponsored terrorists have arrested 284. How many of the 1.7 from the country sponsored terror? If you take the number zero, then you're an idiot. You're going you ignore the data. Because here's why they're going to use the borders as, as, as a place to cross. After 9 11, we created all these databases. I was in DC. We created the TSA no fly list. We created the uh, visa security program. We created the FBI terrorist watch list. The visa, visa security program, which I used to oversee, uh, we built that because in 9-11, those terrorists got in through a visa. They came, got to, apply, they came to the United States a legal way. So we created the, the visa security program so when someone applies for a visa to come to the United States, whether it's a visitors visa, business visa, or some sort of temp status, we, we vet them through numerous databases, including databases. We prevented thousands of people from getting a visa that had derogatory information in their background. So the system worked pretty good. But the system is pretty much meaningless now. Because what? No terrorist is going to put himself in a position to get a visa or airline ticket, knowing he'll be vetted through these databases and possibly be out and out. Why would you take that chance when you can simply get to Mexico, pay the cartels a little bit extra money, and be a it? Because the cartel is going to charge you two months of money. They're going to charge you one amount of money just to get across the river or the desert journey your yourself yet. That's a cheaper rate. You're going to pay more if you tell the cartel, I need to get to New York or Chicago. I don't want it to turn myself in. You pay more money to do that. So people need to ask themselves, now with these databases being useless, and now the 1.7 million gotaways, why did 1.7 million people choose to pay more to get away? Why didn't they take care, take advantage of this giveaway program? Why not? turn yourself in more you pay less. Be followed to the city of your choice at government expense and get a work authorization while you're fighting your case. Who the hell wouldn't take advantage of that giveaway program? 1.7 million people said, I don't want to do that. Why? Obviously, because they don't want to be vetted. They don't want to be fingerprinted. So this southern border is the biggest national security carrier. I've seen in this country since
0: 9-11. There's been different numbers I've seen, but uh, at least 172 people in the terror watch list caught in FY 2023, or they were encountered trying to enter the United States more than the previous six years combined. I mean, that's just who they caught, right? And as you just pointed out, there were all these gotaways. And we're seeing record number of you know people in the terror watch list trying to cross the southern border, and yet the border remains open. And to my knowledge, you would know better than me, there doesn't seem to have been any steps taken, even recently, with everything going on in the Middle East, to strengthen border security.
3: I'd say two things. Number one, um, one of the numbers that shocks me is in, in the last month of the fiscal year, September, Border rested 18 people on, on the terrorist watch list, 18. Four years under the four-year total, 14. 14 and four years, or he's 18 and one year. I said, they already got 208, last number is 284. They got a year to go. So they're going to be well hitting 400. 400 under the first term of Biden administration compared to 14. On a truck, and the difference between us and them is not only we, we uh, less terrorists trying to cross the border, we end to catch a release. So every one of those people were detained. Now I know that there's been there problems with the system. I got I I had a whistleblower call, contact me, and said that they've been ordered to process and release so quickly. I've been saying this: that the only thing this administration has done is send more resources aboard to process quicker, release quicker, because there's no overcrowding. There's nothing to see here. There's no. There's no crisis. No overcrowding. You no don't see overcrowding. I mean, when they had 15,000 Haitians under the bridge, and Fox News sent a drone over there, that was a bad day for the administration because they're saying Border Security had 15,000 people under the bridge. So they've been. The only thing they've been do, doing is, is they're dealing with the optics of the crisis. Let's, let's try to prevent the appearance of a crisis. So they send more people down to the process and release quicker, and there are, the border was under such rigorous demand to process get quicker. That sometimes people are released before the vetting even comes back from the bureau. This agent I talked to said that he was he released the guy as per orders quickly he'd get him out of custody. Two days later the vetting came back. This guy was hot. He's in the United States. Don't know where, don't know where he is. We you know I'm sure the board you know, FBI is looking for him now. But again, it was it's because they were so busy well taking care of the optics and trying to create an overcrowding, they're not doing proper vetting. And it's I'll add one more thing. Even when they do vetting, let's be clear. Even when they do vetting, many terrorists have no record of the law. Unless he's in some sort of intelligence database or unless he was encountered on the battlefield by DOD and they, and they took eye retina scan and, and, and log the bed as a possible terrorist. If he was never encountered on the battlefield and he's simply been under the radar, hasn't been involved in any recorded conversations or T3s, who's thought when we have any information on them. And if it comes from a country like, you know, Afghanistan or, or, or Turkey, who have very little um, IT capabilities, they don't have the built-in systems we have. They don't have the capabilities we have. They don't have the intelligence apparatus that we have. Many of these countries don't have the data to even clear them. For instance, they said they, they, they invented all these people from Afghanistan when they bought them over. Well, how do they know if they didn't have a birth certificate? Birth certificate. How do they know they're born in Afghanistan? Because now ISIS controls all the government records. They're certainly not going to share with the United States whatever they have. And even if they gave us what they have, it's it's not up to date. It's it's not it's it's, it's not of a, a, a process we have. Many of these countries can't afford the systems we have. So even when you vet them, you really don't know who they are if there's no information out there to br- to run your databases against. So. When I say vet them at the border, it gives us a peace of mind, a little peace of mind, but it isn't exact science because a lot of countries don't have the information we need to properly and fully vet. Let's take a quick commercial break. More on the other side.
0: Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them. Sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, Folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4Patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free.
1: Strong and Getty Show to start listening. More
2: Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
1: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.
2: Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura podcast network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: There are some calls from people on the left to take in some of these Gazan, Palestinian refugees. But like we, it's not like we, Hamas is the government there. You know, Hamas is in control. I mean, they're both the terrorist organization, also the government of Gaza. So it's not like we can, you know, hit up the Hamas and be like, hey, who are these people? Right. So, I mean, it really is just uh, insane. You know, take us through what does the vetting process look like? You know, what what are some of those, you know, th- that you can disclose? You know, what are some of those steps that are, are taken to try to figure out, you know,
3: who the heck some of these people are? I can give you the basics, but I can't tell you all of it because law enforcement says it's protected. But I can tell you that one of the things we do with the board, we check our database. We check NCIC and Triple I. NCIC, of course, is the FBI criminal database. Triple I is, is, is the state's criminal database. We check them. If they country, we have an agreement with a country to share criminal data, like Mexico. Um, we can share criminal data. They'll share, they'll share with us their criminal data, but again, their data is only as good as their systems and they don't have the best system in the world. So we'll check their home country criminal database if we have an agreement and we'll check our country's database. We'll check intelligence databases. I can't tell you what those databases are. Some of the DOD owned. but There's various databases that were built after 9-11 that, that, that will be scoured and um, mostly by the Bureau. Bureau handles that. I, I can't tell you everything we look at or what databases they are, but FBI has that. So we, we rest together, we vet them to the bureau. I mean, on the board, they'll, they'll send the backers to the bureau, and they'll be vetted through the bureau, and they run through all these different databases. What we do as part of our da- uh, uh, ICER, they'll work, through, they'll run NCIC I? But again, most countries where these people are coming from Syria, Turkey, like I'm, I'm one the ones I'm concerned about Syria, Turkey, Iran, Iraq. You look at these countries, Uzbekistan. These countries don't have systems like ours. They don't have the technology we have. And some of these countries, uh, for instance, Afghanistan, now like you just mentioned, under control of, of a terrorist organization. Do you think they're going to send us any data they have that says this guy's a bad guy? No. A matter of fact, I think they'll do quite the opposite. They'll tell us, you no, know, there's no data, on and he seems to be a clean citizen, a clean citizen of Afghanistan with no of criminal history, and looks, at these, this guy's a cell. I don't put it past the, the terrorist organization that has control of Afghanistan to do that. So again, vetting is only as good, vetting is only as good as the country you're from and what data is available from that country. And of these countries are nothing available.
0: Let's say we get another Republican president into office and this president says, you know what, we have way too many people here, it's draining resources, we don't know who they are, we need to deport people. How would they even identify or find some of these people? I mean, you know, these gotaways, I mean, they're essentially
3: lost in the United States, correct? Yeah, and look, the majority of these people uh, will never be removed, and that's just a fact. I'm, I'm saying, believe me. If I was running, I you know, I'd, I'd run the largest deportation operation in the history of the country, and I, I'd get as many as I could remove them. But it's going to be hard because they're in the wind. Look, people know half of these people are claiming asylum, never even show up to court, first of all, so they'll get an order of removal. Uh, call it. Order of absentia, since they didn't show in court, the judgment order removed because they the case. The ones that do show up, based on the last 10 years' data, and this is immigration court data, not homeless data, immigration court data, if you go in there and look, nearly nine out of 10 people who claim asylum at the border never get relief from U.S. courts because they don't show up or they don't qualify. So that nine out of 10 is going to get order removal. First of all, ISIS are looking forward to this administration. So as I said previously, secretary says being in the country legally on his own is a is enough for us to can rest? That that'd be convicted of aggravated felony. In My opinion: when they're convicted of aggravated felony, it's too late because he committed a crime against U.S. citizen. He should have been deported before that. But a lot of these people are going to be in a win. You know, the, the, when we look for people, uh, we use again Gary's databases, you know, credit history, utilities, and things that you and I there's this there's information on us. We got we're paying a utility bill, we're paying mortgages, we got a home. You know, you got a car loan. There's going to be ways to find people. However. These people, many of these people have no footprint. They pay by cash, they don't have a credit card, they don't have a bank account, they they, go, they they pay cash by cash. So a lot of these people we won't find. And here's a problem with this, and I've said this from the beginning. Uh, when I was life director, let's say we found somebody that, you know, again, was order removed. Of course, we couldn't find him, he was, you know. when yeah, they get the order removed, removal, they're in the way, they're gonna hide out. And why are they hiding out? Because they know, if they can hide, hide out successfully long enough, amnesty may come around. DACA become rock. This, this country is showing over and over again, hide out long enough. Even if you have an order of deportation, you may get something like an AMC or a DACA. So, a lot of people will hide out just waiting for the next free giveaway. However, um, when we do find it, like when I was vice director, let's see, you know, I get calls from Republican senators say, Mr. Owen, why did you guys remove that man who had three UC kids? That was the right thing to do. I said, wait, wait a minute. Have, he didn't have three USC kids when he entered the United States illegally, which is a crime. He didn't have three USC kids when he was ordered by a federal judge to leave the country. Rather than rather leave the country as a court-ordered, he became a fugitive. And while he came out for the last five seven years, he had two, three USC kids. Now, does that mean now he's immune from our laws? Does that mean that the federal court order deporting him doesn't mean anything? Because if that court order doesn't mean anything, just because he went and had two USC kids while he's hiding out, then why don't you shut down the immigration courts, too? Because apparently the federal judge's orders don't mean anything. They can't be executed because as has USC kid. Shut down the immigration courts. They're meaningless now. Of course, we're not going to do that. So I would say I'm removing them because it's already removed by the federal courts, which is a part of the system. You can't demand people get due process. You can't demand have the right to claim asylum. And you know they have a right to the process. They have a right to the law. They have a right to the process. Okay, I get it. But due process means nothing if the final decision isn't carried out. For instance, if they win their asylum claim, no one's going to fight that. They're going to say, "Okay, welcome to United States." You know, now you now you're going to be part of the part of the greatest country on earth. Everybody's fine with that. But when you lose your case, was nine out of ten will, all of a sudden, people have a problem with that. No, you can't demand a due process. You can't demand the right to claim asylum and not stand up for the final decision of the courts. So that's a part of the whole process. So when I was vice director, if they got all the removal, we're leaving. And under the next Republican administration, depending on who it is, I'll come back and, and I and say, it's going to be the same ball game. You demanded, we spent billions of dollars on border security, detention, immigration courts, release, uh, re- release, release requirements. Uh, billions of dollars we spent this entire process and he was ordered removed, so guess what? He's going to be removed. That's, that should be a stance, unless there's consequence, unless there's the deterrence to entering this country legally making make a fraudulent asylum claim. Well, most of these people know they don't claim it. They know they don't qualify for asylum. Uh, why do I know that? Because we had a Remain in Mexico program in place, people had to wait in Mexico for the asylum hearing. Many of them went home from Mexico. Many of them stopped coming to Mexico because they knew they weren't they were gonna be catch release anymore. They stopped coming because they knew they didn't qualify. The chances at court were very slim. So look, these people entered the country, where committed commit asylum fraud, which is a felony, and in order to, to judges, his order became a fugitive. No, they need to leave. If they don't leave, we're never gonna fix the system.
0: What are the biggest drivers uh, of what we're seeing? Obviously, you know, bad policy, you've got the cartels, you've got NGOs that seem to be encouraging this. You know, What, what do you think are some of the things that are, are driving the madness
3: that we're seeing? Well, I wish the White House had asked that question. Some Democratic uh, senators who were pushing this latest funding bill that funds Ukraine, funds Israel. of course they threw the border in there, hoping that you know we want to fund Israel so bad that we'll swallow the pill on the border security. They want to give like one point four, 1. 6 million to border security. Look, this isn't a resource issue. We don't need more money at the border. You don't need more border agents. You don't need more no, more uh, um give away more. The dollars to NGOs to transport people and to put them in hotels in New York City at 500 bucks a night. You don't need that. All you got to do is change the policy. This is a policy issue. If they would do the first thing they can do if they want to secure the border, which they don't, they haven't done a damn thing to slow the flow since he took the way So, and I've asked this many times, name one thing you've done to slow the flow. They've been doing it again, sending more resources, to process quicker, release quicker, give NGOs billions of dollars with a B, billions of dollars. To transport them, put them in a hotel room at five hundred bucks a night. Give them three square meals a day. Give them medical attention. You know. And, and meanwhile, our homeless vets got nothing. They don't get any of that stuff. But what this is a policy issue. If they were to put the remaining Mexico program back in play today, which they can, remember the Supreme Court said that was legal. That program's legal. Put the remaining Mexico program back in play. Make the people wait in Mexico for asylum claims and, and catch a release. Either you detain them or you send them back to Mexico. They would solve eighty percent of the crisis, eighty percent day one, if they if they did that. If they reinstate the, the third safe country agreements, where if you leave El Salvador and you're you're claiming fear of persecution from your home government, that's what remember that's what asylum is. That you're escaping fear of persecution from your home government because of race, religion, really political affiliation. So if you're even if you're not claim asylum for El Salvador and you're in mexico have you not escaped that fear and persecution? You no longer live in that country. All your government going to go argue? You should be fighting asylum for this free country content, which is Mexico. President Trump had those three Central American countries and Mexico agree to that. So, if you put the third state country agreements back in place and put the remaining Mexico back in place, you would solve 90% of this border crisis. You're you still going to have that 10% that's going to come no matter what. But they can, they can, they can decrease illegal immigration day one. If they put these policies in place, but they're not going to do it. They know the main industrial program was found to be legal. They could they could put that back place tomorrow. The third Thursday, third safe country deal. Why they, they they ended them? They shut them down. Why would you shut down any agreement with a foreign nation to help you deal with illegal immigration? There's no downside on that. But they did away with it again. Why? Because this is by design. This open borders is something they ran on. They kept their promise. They're not doing anything to fix it. So they shut down every tool that we created on the Trump administration to give us the most secure border. Life. I found every one of them they abolished. Because again, this is by design. They don't want any policy that's going to decrease the amount of people coming across our border illegally. This is what they want. So I guess the question is, you know, you just laid out how to
0: solve this pretty quickly. So I guess the question is why?
3: Why do you think they want this? Look, I've asked that question all the time and you know, the left says, oh, man, he's out there preaching the great replacement theory. I don't even know what the great replacement theory is. I'm just speaking facts, right? So there's two things. First of all, I think a lot of Democrat lawmakers, the open border people, the far left that President Biden sold out to, to, to be president. I think he he needed the far left to become president. He needed those votes. So he sold out and, and did something he never—look, he voted for border barriers. He voted for border walls when he was a senator. When he was vice president in 2012, when President Biden, we removed over 400,000 people, a record for the agency. He wasn't always like he is now. So, I, my personal opinion, he sold out to the left to win the presidency. And when he did that, you know, he he uh, he gave up all sort all his principles he said on board security in the past. So, people say, why do you think why do you think they do it? I think two reasons. Number one, the left thinks their future Democratic voters, but they do, they don't even have to get there because when Trump, I mean, when President Biden. Wrote over 90 executive orders abolishing everything we created. He also issued an executive order which uh ended the Trump uh policy on um, um number of people here in the United States, the census. He ended the Trump census policy, which Trump census policy says it would go, and can't be counted the census. Well, he will return that. Why? Because these millions of people they're releasing the sanctuary cities like New York, Chicago, LA, Portland. The millions of people are now. So these sanctuary cities at taxpayer expense, we're flying them there. I'll be counted in the next census. What does that mean? Well, when they re- reproportionate seats in the House based on the census, it's going to result in more seats in the House for the Democrats. This is what their plan is. Perpetual power. They want to control the uh, uh, Congress, and this is one way to do it. They you know, just flood the zone with illegal and had them counted the next census, which creates more seats in the House for the Dems. That's what I think. That's, there is no other reason because when I get up on Hill, I've asked many Democrat lawmakers, Give me, can you explain to me what the downside is on a secure border, police? Can you tell me why there's a downside on illegal immigration? What's the downside on less fat and all from across the country or come across the border killing Americans? What's the downside on less vulnerability for terrorist organizations? What's the downside for less women and children to be sex trafficked in the United States? What's the downside of, um, on a, a less migrants dying making that journey? Give me a downside on any of this stuff. I know it can answer, of course. There is no downside to secure border. I mean, this administration wants to say over and over and over again, I'm sick of tired hearing it, that that last administration was in UMA. I've been called racist, I've been called inhumane. because I worked with President Trump. We did a lot to secure the border. They say we're in UMA. Well, here's a fact people need to know. Dr. Rob Borders did a study, this is the Tom Holman study. It's Dr. Rob Borders, a non-affiliated organization. They talked to thousands and thousands of females that made that journey through Mexico in the use of cartels. They found this: thirty-one percent of women that make that journey through the cartels get sexually assaulted. Thirty-one percent. So let me ask you this question: Since Joe Biden has been president, we have over seventeen hundred migrants that died in U.S. soil. We got a record number of women that are being sex trafficked. We have a record amount of no suspected terrorists being caught trying to enter the country legally. So my question is this: Under President Trump, when we had illegal immigration down eighty-three to ninety percent. When 90% less people were making that journey, how many women were getting raped? How many children didn't drown in a river? How many migrants didn't die making that journey? How many pounds of fentanyl did they make across the border to kill Americans? How many non-suspected terrorists didn't make a country member four years, 14? President Trump's policy saved lives. They weren't inhumane. They saved lives. What's inhumane is the Biden's policy was killing migrants at record numbers, killing Americans at record numbers, and a record number of women and children from be sex trafficked in the United States. These policies are out-humane. They're killing people at record numbers.
0: That's got to be really demoralizing for our border agents and our ICE agents and, and people who signed up to do the job, you know, to protect the country, to do the right thing. And then, you know, they're basically being handcuffed.
3: Well, if they all took an oath to enforce the law, they're not allowed to. ICE agents, again. If a police runs into an illegal alien today, he can't arrest him unless he's convicted of a serious aggravated felony. They can't enforce immigration law. There's nothing in immigration law that says you got to commit yet another offense and be convicted of it to be deported from the United States. The immigration law is clear. If you're here you're going to go home. Well, ICE agents can't even do their main job now, arrest illegal aliens. Can't do it. Secretary says they can't do it. So ICE agents are doing what they want to do. Matter of fact, I talk to them all the time. They're bored to death, they got nothing to do. You The border patrol, the morale is an all-time low. These men, they, they, men and women, they also took an oath to enforce the immigration laws and, 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 and they took an oath to, to uphold the national security duties. We're not performing national security duties. They're processing. and they become tourist agents. I, I thought to border patrol not too long, 30 years then. It says, you know, I, I always thought, I, I was proud of putting this uniform on, I was enforcing laws, protecting my country. Now I feel like I'm part of the biggest alien smuggling organization in the world. The United States border trust, you know, he, he, I feel like they'd be telling the alien smuggling we've been told, don't ask questions, just process and release and put them on a plane or bus to send them to their final destination. Or if it's a kid, let's give them an the ORR so they can deliver them to the very person who paid of to have them smuggled into the country, which is a felon. Well, we're we going to deliver that child to the person who committed a felony by hiring an alien smuggling organization to put that kid in a truck or car or back to the trailer and we're going to deliver it to that person. So border patrol, their morale is not existent. They feel like they've been abandoned by the secretary, which they have. They've been abandoned by the, the, the president of the United States. They've been, they, you know, they feel like they've been abandoned, and they have been abandoned. And they still, they're still they're, they're still aching from the, from the slanderous uh, allegations that were made from the White House podium by the president and the secretary sitting in the border patrol with black migrants about how they were racist and black migrants. And to this day, they haven't apologized, even though the internal investigation showed they didn't whip anybody. There's never been any apologies, and when that investigation showed they didn't whip anybody, for first of all, I saw the video within five seconds. I said, "Wait, they didn't do anything wrong. They did exactly as they were trained." The officers, the horses, did exactly as they were trained in crowd control, just like horses in New York City Times Square are trained on, on crowd control. The only people who did anything wrong that day was Haitian migrants to entered the country illegally, which is a crime, and ignored federal com- uh, commands from a federal officer, which is a felony. No one, no, no one was talking about Haitians, how they violated several crimes. They were talking about the Borg being racist, and, th- and even though the secretary was briefed, two days before that press conference, that they didn't whip anybody, and they heard that from the guy who was videotaping it, they didn't whip anybody. Secretary knowing that fact and the president knowing that fact still stood at the White House podium and attacked these men for the horse patrol, knowing they didn't do anything wrong. And Why do they do that? Because we're trying to change the point of discussion. Wait, we're we'll getting our asses kicked because we've lost control of the border and we we'll get beat up every day by the media and hell. Let's do this. Let's, let's get the talking points away from our failure and talk about the racist border patrol. There's no other reason they would do that knowing that these guys were innocent, doing wrong. But they still threw them under the bus. They slandered them. And these men, their wives and children were, were bullied in churches and schools. These men still are back to full duty. Their careers would never be the same. And this administration hasn't is, an issued any apology. The secretary and president are the issue an apology from the same place they slandered on them the White House polling. Anything short of that shows that neither one of these men have any attack. So, look, the border field, there's, no there's no morale left. The only hope they have, I was down there Rio Grande Grand Valley just a few weeks ago and, and they asked me, what do you think? And, and a lot of these guys know me from either being on the network or, you know, from my work in Border 911, which is a nonprofit I started, but I won't get there. But they, a lot of these guys asked me, Mr. Rollin, what do you think will happen in the future? And I, I told them, just hang on tight. I think the right guy will be back in the White House in January 2025, and you don't get to do your job again. And we'll try to, you know, fix all the faults. And look, we, we did it before, we'll do it again. We know how to secure the border. All we got to do is brush off the Trump plans and reinstitute them and catch and release, detain people, uh, and, and we, we, can, we can help you. But for uh, the next year, what do you tell these guys, these men and women? There's no hope. This administration don't want to secure the border. So it's, it's just, it's just, it's just it's, it's so frustrating. That this, you know, I worked for six presidents starting with Ronald Reagan. Every president I worked for took border security seriously. Even Obama and Clinton did. They they took some steps to secure the border because they understood you can't have national security beyond border security. No one did more than President Trump. Uh, uh, He was unprecedented what he did. But Joe Biden's the first president in the history of this nation who came into office and unsecured a border. Unsecured, the most secure border we ever had. Who the hell does that? What commander-in-chief makes the decision for more illegal immigration, more illegal drug flow, more sex trafficking of women and children, more no you know, testing the vulnerable border? Who the hell does that? And so, yeah, I wake up every day pissed off and frustrated what they did to this border, but I got hopes we'll secure it again starting January of 2025. Quick break. Stay with us.
0: Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them You'll even get a solar panel included free.
2: Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You know, Tom, before we go, uh, should Secretary Mayorkas be impeached? Yes.
3: I coughed that with two years. Matter of fact, I just wrote an op-ed today, Lisa. I said... You know, where the hell are you Republicans? No, I'm always beating on Democrats and the open borders advocates. You know what? Well, I'm pissed off at some Republicans, too. They talk a the tough game during the midterms. I oh, going to beat you. I going to beat you. I going to beat you. Where the hell are they at? He sent a hearing from yesterday where he admitted he's released a nine, nine, over 900,000 illegal were released in the United States, knowing that 9 out of 10 don't even qualify for asylum, and knowing there fewer leave because the DHS Secretary Report that comes out every year, it's, a, it's called the DHS Life Suck Report, says this. If you're older removed and you're in ICE detention, you're removed 99.7% of the time. However, if you're not in ICE detention, and if you're a family unit, you leave 6% of the time. So the Secretary, knowing he released 900,000 people in the country, this past year, not not counting the 600,000 got away this year. That's 1.5. Knowing nine out of ten don't have any right to be here and we'll won't lose their case, then get order removal, then knowing only six percent leave. Based on that data yesterday and add up the other two years of data, there's over eight million people account on our border. That's just in front of the southern border. We're gonna talk about the northern border, which crossings over eight hundred percent. Eight million people into this country and what and, and 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 now the Republicans aren't talking about impeachment anymore. It's worse now than it was last year when they're talking about impeachment. So you no know, call out to the Republican Congressman. Get your head on your asses and impeaches, man. If you impeach President Trump for making a phone call to Ukraine, you can't impeach Secretary Mayorkas for opening that border to terrorism, sexual assaults, massive uh, migrant deaths, 10,000, 8 million calories on the southern, southern border. You can't impeach him for that. You can't impeach him for lying to Congress, and lying on all saying the border's secure, and still saying it? Certainly, there's plenty to impeach this man for, and you all do the job and get it done. You made the promise in the midterm, keep your promise, and impeach this man. I can't think of anybody more deserving of impeachment than Secretary Mayorkas.
0: I agree. Uh, Tom Homan, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much for coming on the show and, and bringing your insight with you. We appreciate it.
3: You got it. Thanks for having me, Lisa.
0: That was Tom Homan, former ICE director under Trump. Uh, Appreciate him taking the time to join the show. Appreciate you guys at home for listening every Monday and Thursday, but you can listen throughout the week. I want to thank John Cassio, my producer, for putting the show together. Until next time.